Spader Business Management's team of industry experts provide business insights, ideas, and concrete tactics through training and consulting. Generations of business owners and operators have also relied on Spader's 20 groups to capitalize on new opportunities and industry trends by learning directly from their peers. Learn more at spader.com. I'm Managing Editor Kim Schmidt. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. Last month, news broke that Jim Walker would be retiring as Case IH Vice President of North America and that Richard Tobin resigned from his position as CEO and Director of CNH Industrial to take the CEO job of Dover Corp. Now, more news of leadership changes is coming out of CNH Industrial. According to an April 12th report in Bloomberg, Sergio Marchioni will be retiring from Fiat at the end of the year. This is clearly the end of an era and maybe more, as Marchioni is not just the mastermind behind FCA, he is FCA. Giuseppe Berta, former head of Fiat's archives, told Bloomberg. After he's gone, FCA will have to change, and this opens room for a big transformational deal, he says. Marchioni masterminded the reorganization of Fiat that created CNH Industrial as a separate standalone company. Andreas Klauser, brand president of Case IH and a board member of CNH Industrial, has been appointed the CEO of Palfinger. He will assume his new position on June 1st. Palfinger is an Austrian manufacturer of hydraulic lifting, loading, and handling solutions and products. Now here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. News broke last week that it appears the mega-merger between Bayer and Monsanto will happen, creating another diverse giant in the egg industry. The Germany-based Bayer had launched data-driven platforms including Zario and Zoner in recent years. But in an increasingly crowded data management service field, those brands got little, if any, attention in North America. But even if Bayer sheds some of its current digital farming assets, the acquisition of Monsanto could heighten the debate over how farm data is collected and manipulated by companies, potentially to influence purchasing decisions by farmers. Monsanto would bring with it access to the Climate Corporation and its FieldView platform. Monsanto was aggressively sought to expand its data presence and last year announced that FieldView had more than 120 million acres and 100,000 users across the United States, Brazil, and Canada. Ag attorney Todd Jansen notes that the merger, and others like it, could increase control over the decisions that are made on the farm. I think there should be concern with the large market share and power that these big seed and chemical companies have, that they start bundling their data services with their seed and chemical sales. You could have a situation where farmers are required to use their data platforms if they want to use their products, which would be an antitrust problem. So hopefully we don't go there. Consolidation is an increasingly common part of the egg industry, but in the case of data services, choice is a good thing, adds Jansen. However, he does point to a potential silver lining in that the formation of data giants could create opportunities for startups and smaller service providers. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. The number of big North American farm equipment dealer ownership groups is down compared to this time last year. According to Ag Equipment Intelligence's Big Dealer Report, there are 187 big dealers compared to 193 on last year's list. 
Egg Equipment Intelligence publisher Dave Kanicki says, a quick review of the numbers shows that growth of the biggest big dealers continues to escalate, while the number of the smallest big dealers continues to decline. Egg Equipment Intelligence and the Machinery Advisors Consortium began compiling the report in 2009 and first published the Big Dealer Report in 2011. During the period of 2011 to 18, big farm equipment dealerships, which are defined as those organizations that own and operate five or more farm equipment dealer locations, have grown by more than 11%. But this doesn't accurately reflect what's really happening within the farm machinery retail distribution channel. Overall, the percentage of dealers in each of the four different size categories, 20 plus stores, 15 to 19 stores, 10 to 14 stores, and five to nine stores, held steady during the first seven years of the study, but significant shifting has taken place between the 2017 and 2018 studies. The top tier of big dealers, those with 20 or more locations, has grown from eight in 2011 to 15 in 2018, a growth rate of about 88%. On the other hand, the lowest tier of the big dealer groupings, those with five to nine operating locations, have declined by nearly 20%. In 2011, this tier of dealers had 128 groups, but their numbers have fallen to 104 in 2018. The real story, though, is in the second tier of big dealer groups. Dealerships that own and operate 15 to 19 store locations has grown by more than 400% between 2011 and 18. Taken together, dealership groups with 10 or more stores have grown from 25% of the total big dealer group in 2011 to 45% in the past year. The complete big dealer report will be published and sent to Ag Equipment Intelligence subscribers later this month. On April 18th, the House Agriculture Committee passed the Agriculture and Nutrition Act of 2018 out of committee. It now goes to the House floor. Ag Committee Chairman Mike Conaway says, once the bill goes to the floor, he anticipates it will be a relatively open process. Yesterday in the committee, it was a totally open process. So anybody could have offered any amendment they wanted to. The Democrats chose to offer not one single amendment yesterday. They all had criticisms of the bill, but nobody had any constructive criticism with respect to the amendment that would have changed it. We go to the floor. I would anticipate that it would be a relatively open process. Of course, any member of the House of Representatives is eligible to offer an amendment. They will have to go through the rules process. One of the things I will have from my voice would say is that if you're going to be a no on passage of the bill anyway, no matter what happens, then whatever poison pill amendment that you're proposing really should be made in order. So, but we'll see. The Rules Committee gets to drive that train. The GT and I will weigh in on our side of it, but our good colleagues on the Rules Committee will decide what amendments are made. Some highlights of the bill include price loss coverage and agriculture risk coverage that are maintained and strengthened. In addition to the greater support of PLC and ARC, Options being strengthened, the bill also allows farmers to make a new election. PLC is strengthened by allowing reference prices to adjust when markets improve and by allowing farmers affected by long-term exceptional drought during the previous opportunity to update their yields. ARC is strengthened by using actual yields collected by USDA's Risk Management Agency, by separately calculating revenues for dry land and irrigated land, and by using the physical county of the farm when determining ARC benefits. Dairy policy was also maintained and strengthened. The Margin Protection Program is being renamed the Dairy Risk Management Program. Under this program, the first 5 million pounds of milk production on a dairy is made eligible for higher coverage levels at lower premiums. Milk production not covered under DRM is made fully eligible for a comparable crop insurance policy. The bill also provides strong incentives for providers to offer quality broadband service to all of rural America, particularly harder to serve areas of the country. This was one of the main talking points dealers stressed during Equipment Dealers Association fly-in in Washington, D.C. last month. 
If published reports turn out to be accurate, it looks as if Bayer's deal to acquire Monsanto will finally be completed. According to an April 9th Wall Street Journal report, the U.S. Justice Department will allow the acquisition after Bayer agreed to sell off additional assets, in all likelihood to BASF, which competes with Bayer. The European Union gave its conditional approval in March, again after Bayer sold off more than $7 billion in assets to BASF. When completed, the deal would make Bayer the world's biggest supplier of pesticides and seeds for farmers. This is the third mega-merger on the consumable side of the ag business in the last two years. Earlier, Dow and DuPont announced they would merge. Also, China National Chemical Corp, often referred to as ChemChina, acquired another ag giant, Syngenta. When the dust finally settles, who will be the real winners of the merger mania that's been dominating the ag business in the past few years? Frank Lesseter, editor of No-Till Farmer, doesn't think it's going to be the farmers. As is the case with most mergers, there are winners and losers. The losers are farmers who will have fewer choices and will end up paying more for seed and pesticides. The big winner may be BASF, who is purchasing a number of assets Bayer is being forced to sell to gain government approvals for the deal. Besides the Bayer seed business, BASS is taking over the Liberty herbicide business, which is the major herbicide competitor to Monsanto's Roundup. With this much consolidation on the consumable side of the business, could the ag equipment market experience similar consolidation? Here's what Lasseter thinks. It's all speculation on my part, but here are three deals that might make sense. Number one, Kubota has their sights set on becoming a major player in the North American market and is already adding higher horsepower tractors to their line. They might be interested in adding combines and sprayers to go along with the tillage tool, planter and drill lines they've added in recent years. Number two, Kloss is already bringing tractors into the North American market from Europe. To go along with their hay tools and combines, adding planters, drills, and tillage equipment might help them become a full-line player in North America. Number three, my third choice that might see major North American changes would be Mahindra. They are a huge player in Asia and other parts of the world, not only with farm equipment, but also with cars, trucks, and other consumer products. While they've concentrated on tractor sales in North America, they already have a number of ag equipment lines in other areas of the world. Mahindra is sitting on huge piles of cash. They likely have the means to make any deal work that appeals to them. Over the past 18 months, we've seen three major consolidations take place in the ag chemical field. Will the next 18 months bring similar deals in the farm equipment market? Nobody knows. And now from the Implement and Tractor archives. Earlier iterations of the John Deere logo said Moline, Illinois under the image of a deer. In 1940, Theophilus Brown, Deere's superintendent at its Marseille Spreader Works in East Moline, suggested a change. In late February of that year, Brown proposed modifying the company logo for our dealers by removing Moline, Illinois and replacing it with quality farm equipment. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.